0: I'm really excited today, though. I'm really, really excited today. I'll tell you why. Because we're going to be doing something today, uh, you know, something we celebrate that we haven't done in a very, very long time. And that's to partake in communion together as a church body. We've done it online. We've done it virtually. But we haven't done it together in this house together for since March. Can you believe that? Since March. We're in September. Man, time flies. But uh, we haven't done it since then. And uh, I call today's message the New Deal because a, a covenant, uh, which is what you know the the, what the table represents, uh, represents a covenant. It's so basically a covenant, a deal, you know, an understanding of a deal, understanding of a covenant can actually mean also a deal between two parties where the two parties are actually God and us, God and mankind. That's who the covenant is between. And let me just say that this covenant was a very good deal. Have you noticed today that when you go shopping, even when they have like these Boxing Day sales and, you know, Black Friday sales, the deals aren't that great anymore, are they? They, they really aren't. They, they just trying to bring marketing to try and draw you in, but there really aren't very good deals out there anymore. This deal, however, this deal, this covenant is an awesome deal. This is an amazing, amazing deal. The deal of salvation was definitely in our favor. And even though, you know, it's called the new covenant, we can also really consider it a gift because it's that good. The covenant is actually a gift because we have to receive it. And gift, gift giving is actually a funny thing, isn't it? It's actually even one of the seven love languages if you look that up. Uh, and, you know, who here does not like receiving gifts? We all love receiving gifts, right? Gift receiving is an amazing thing. And what makes a gift awesome or memorable? What, does it make, what makes a gift awesome? Well, most people would agree that, one, you know, it has to be thoughtful. It has to be a, a very thoughtful gift. It definitely has to carry some meaning to it for the person who's receiving it. Number two, most people would agree that a good gift usually comes at a high cost, either financially or in the time spent preparing that gift for the person, right? And three, most people would also agree that a good gift meets a specific need or desire, Uh, We were just watching some old family videos uh, yesterday at uh, at the house, and uh, we're watching some old Christmas videos from 2000, which is 20 years ago. I I can't believe it. But uh, the funny thing is, my grandfather recorded everything. It was one thing that he always did. He recorded absolutely every moment. We have stacks of these videos now that we're trying to convert once again to, to digital format so that we can put them out there on the cloud, and then everyone can enjoy them. But anyways, we were watching this one, and, and the, all the gifts are going from my grandfather uh, to my grandmother. And it was funny. We'd always keep paying close attention to those gifts in particular, because the gift that he gave to his grandmother was usually something that he wanted. <laughs> it was a very thoughtful gift for himself. Uh, one Christmas, he rec- one, gi- <laughs> one. Christmas, he gave my grandmother binoculars. My My grandmother doesn't like watching the birds or anything like that. He bought the box for himself and he gave it to her so that he would then use the gift. It was really funny. But overall, a good gift will bring back the joy that we felt when receiving it. And reminds us of the effort and sacrifice made in order uh, for it to be given as a gift. And you know, when we approach the table this morning, right, when we approach it, we can think about how Jesus was the gift given to us in this new covenant. And as Christians, we have to understand the weight uh, of the present that has been offered to us. We really do. No gift can outmeasure the gravity, the importance, or the sacrifice of Jesus' death on the cross. Amen? Nothing can. So just like the perfect gift you received on your last birthday, I hope you got a good gift on your birthday because it's been tough the last little while celebrating birthdays. But when we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we remember the gift of salvation that Jesus gave each and every one of us. It really was an awesome gift. In Mark 14 24, Jesus explains that this meal was about to mark the start of a new covenant between God and and his people before jesus death you know there were generations of jews that would have to prepare sacrificed animals at the temple aren't you glad you don't have to do that today aren't you glad you don't do that today and then did that to pay for their sin and there's a huge amount of preparation and sanctification and purification that had to happen before you actually went and sacrificed that animal at the temple it took a long time to do. go read leviticus if you want to go through all the details of it right And it's so funny, though. We we read that, and we're like, wow, that must have been really hard. But today, we complain about, you know, having to come to church at 10 o'clock in the morning for one hour. (laughs) Right? Right? We don't have to go through this whole process of purification, sanctification, purification. We don't have to do any of that. We just have to come to the throne right to Jesus immediately. And that is an awesome deal. Wouldn't you say? In Luke's version of the story, Jesus tells his disciples, do this in remembrance of me. When we take communion, it symbolizes the sacrifice Jesus made on our behalf. The wine, the bread, and communion represent the blood and the body of Jesus that was poured out and broken as a sacrifice for our gift of salvation. So, just like some gifts, we always, you know, some gifts will always remind us of where we were when we received them. Communion reminds us of where we were when we received Jesus, when we met Jesus. I know some of you here have awesome testimonies, really incredible testimonies of how God took you from point A to point B. That took you 180 from where you were in the streets to be here you are today, successful person, you know. And at that, that is something that we can celebrate together in communion, that awesome testimony. That's an amazing thing, isn't it? I love awesome testimonies like that. And we get to celebrate those salvations and testimonies today together as a body. Communion is a time when we can together reflect on the covenant that binds us together. Yes, we may be different in, in a lot of different ways. we were all, all very different, coming from different backgrounds here. But Jesus' sacrifice actually brings us into unity. It brings us into unity, into communion as a community. And what's really cool, though, is that it's also a time to indi- individually reflect on what, you know, Jesus paid for us personally to be in relationship with him. So it's communion. We can celebrate it together, but it's also a time for us individually You know, and we can be a relationship with him not because of anything we have done or anything we are or because we've been a good person. I'm sure a lot of you also know a lot of good people that are out there that aren't even Christians. There's a lot of people out there that are good people. I'm sure you met a lot of them at work or your neighbors. Maybe they're really good people. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're saved, does it? We're accepted by God as his children only through the blood of Jesus. That's it. We are accepted only through the blood of Jesus. What he did on the cross gives us forgiveness of sins, gives us eternal life, and a relationship with our Heavenly Father. Good deal, which is why we celebrate today. You know, celebration hasn't really been a a part of 2020 so far, has it? We haven't had much celebrating so far, and and most of us are at best, you know, irritable, uh, given the circumstances that we've all felt. And to say that most of us don't feel like we've been our best, uh, you know, we've most people say that they haven't been their best selves in this, in this year. Uh, but, you know, it's not about how good we are, because the practice of communion reminds us that it has nothing to do with us. It's not, it doesn't matter how good we are, whether or not we've been our best selves, that does not determine whether or not we are saved. It doesn't. We are saved because we have put our faith in the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. And that is the position that we always take, regardless of anything. Amen? So when we face the table this morning, one thing that you should keep in mind is that the devil wants to move us away from that position of faith all the time. Every time, he'll want to push you away from that position of faith. You know, he's going to whisper things like, you know, have you really been good enough today to partake of this? Have you really been a good enough person that you're worthy of this? You know, have you really repented of all your sins? You know, do you think that God is happy with the way that you spoke to your wife this morning? You know, these are all the things, these are all the whispers that are going to come on to you, you know, before you, you face the table, right? Or even before you pray to God. You know, whenever you're trying to draw a connection with Jesus, you're going to hear these things come on you. But if we allow ourselves to be moved away from bearing that it was and still is today the blood of Jesus that washed away our sins, we're actually not accepting the gift that God has given us. We're not accepting it. God didn't say, when I see your goodness, I will forgive you. He didn't say that. He didn't say, when I see, he didn't even say, when I see your obedience, I will forgive you. What he did say is when I see the blood, I forgive you. That's what he says. It is the gift of his blood. It is the gift of Jesus that has redeemed us. Amen. Amen. Oh, you gotta believe that this morning. In these times, you have to remember that one of Satan's names is actually the accuser. Do you know that? One of the names that Satan actually has is the accuser. Who tells us, you know, look what you did two years ago, look what you did two minutes ago, look what you thought two seconds ago. Well, which makes us actually look backwards and not forwards. It makes us look backwards, and, it, and, and actually, it's a great tragedy because it keeps us focused on ourselves instead of Jesus. But Jesus alone, you know, we need to look at Jesus because he alone is the perfecter of our faith. He is. When we take communion, remember Jesus' body given for us and his blood shed for us, and, and we serve notice to the accuser that we have not been redeemed with stuff that we have done. We've been redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb, and that is it. The accuser will try to convince us that our sins are not completely erased, but the authority given to us by the blood of Jesus lets us say, get behind me, Satan. I have all the authority because I've been purchased with the blood of God's own son. Amen? So the accuser has nothing on us. Romans 8, 1 says, there is therefore no condemnation. Say condemnation. No condemnation. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And that is something that we can remember every time we take communion with each other. There is no condemnation. Amen? Amen. I have, however, noticed that communion has two distinct reactions in people. Okay, I've been doing this for a little while now, so I had noticed that communion has two very distinct reactions in people. Either the one thing, which is really good, either you're a, a willing and joyful uh, participant in it, or two... You know, you might avoid it because of the internal conflict that you feel. And here's the truth. There's a sense in all of us that actually wants to avoid confrontation. Something in us innately wants to avoid any type of confrontation, especially when it comes to us being confronted, right? Either with our physical, you know, even when you think about our physical health as well, too, a lot of us, you know, won't want to go and get a checkup at the doctor because we won't want to believe anything else aside from that we're in, you know, sub, you know we're in perfect health. We want to believe that we're in perfect health, so we're not going to go see a doctor who's going to tell us otherwise. Right? Right? And this could be true for a body, but it's, it's exp- exponentially more true when it comes to our spiritual life. We always want to assume that we're doing better than we are, and we have a tendency not to focus on our sin instead, focus on how others are sinning instead. Right? The fact of the matter is that we need continual checkups on our spiritual health. We do. We need continual checkups on our spiritual health. I do. You do. We all do. We need to be confronted on that. And how do we check our spiritual health? Well, you know, being fed by the word of God in church is a good way of doing it. And it's a good part of it. And also surrounding yourself with other godly people like we have here today is another good thing to doing it. You know, surrounded by friends and and mentors and people you can trust and, and go through life with together. Regular Bible reading and prayer is another good thing. You know, all these spiritual disciplines are designed to change you from glory to glory, to keep you going forward and not backwards. Who wants to move forward? I don't, I don't want to go backwards. I want to move forward to what God has. So while there's no condemnation, that is true. I'm not, I'm not contradicting myself here. It doesn't mean that we should not be looking to change things that, you know, in ourselves that don't glorify God. Right? there are things that we still need to change in ourselves as well, too, and that's what the table actually shows us as well. And here's the thing. The doctor will tell you things that you need to change in order to live a good and healthy life. If you go to the doctor and he says, you know, you've got high blood pressure, you may want to ease off on the red meat and all that other stuff, you know, he's going to tell you that so that you can change your lifestyle so that you can live a healthy life, a long, healthy life. God is also going to tell you the things that you need to change in order to live a good, spiritual, healthy life as well. Right? Really, one of the main, you know, regular spiritual doctor visits that we can have is the table, is the Lord's Supper. How do we know this? Because on the night before Jesus went to the cross, he instituted this meal. That means it's not empty tradition. It's not just a religious activity that we do. It's not that at all. It's not that at all. He regularly expects us actually to take the supper because it has divine purpose. That's why. And one of the reasons is to continually constantly remind us to remember him. Why? Because we really don't have great memories usually. We usually go on to autopilot and and do things on our own and not remember what he has done for us as well, too, that he has actually redeemed us. It reminds us about our dependence on him. We depend on Christ for our salvation entirely. There actually isn't one, I'm sorry to say this, but there's actually not one ounce of spirituality that I have, that you have, that we bring to this table. We are actually utterly bankrupt in this department. Okay? We bring nothing to this deal. There is no part of this deal that is dependent on our strength. None of it. Jesus, however, by giving up his body and by shedding his blood, completely satisfied God's requirement for the gates of heaven to be opened up to receive us. That's what it's done. And for anyone who believes in him has that assurity. Each time we come to this table reminded about our dependence on him for salvation. And here's a dose of reality for all of us today. We are all responsible for our own walk with Christ. Amen? I wish I could be for you, but I'm not. You are responsible for your own lives with Christ. It's your own walk. So don't be stressed about that, though, because the Lord's Supper is the best place for a self-checkup. It is the best place. This today, the Lord's Supper is a medicine prescribed to you by Jesus himself in order to help you grow in his likeness. Amen? Amen. I'm excited this morning. I'm really happy to take the the bread and the cup this morning. Do you, did everyone get one coming in? Everybody has it. This is a different uh, type of uh, media that we have for the communion, but it's absolutely COVID-friendly, which is good. <laughs> so I'm going to call Holly forward, and we're going to worship as we take communion this morning. And I, I want you, you know, as you take uh, take communion this morning, I want you to reflect on the fact that, Jesus has died on the cross. He's given you this awesome deal and it's a wonderful gift and all we need to do is receive it. So we'll start with the bread. And I would just ask you to hold on to the garbage of this. Once you're done, we'll throw it out in the garbage on the way out over here. It sounds like, uh, remember, uh, remember the old days used to open up the candies in church in the silence? Does everybody have their wafers? Are we ready to do this together as a family? Amen. Let's just stand together as we partake. read from corinthians eleven twenty first corinthians for i have received from the lord what i passed on to you the lord jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and we had given the thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me let's do that this one let's do that in remembrance of jesus christ this morning amen thank you lord for your body you father in the same way after supper you took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant this is the new deal in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me let's take it together now whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes thank you father Thank you, Father, for your sacrifice. Thank you for the gift of salvation. We do not take it lightly, Lord. We thank you. We praise you this morning for your gift. And Lord, if there's anything in ourselves that we need changing, we need to tune up, Lord. If we need to change our whatever it is in our lives that you want to bring us to the next step, Lord, reveal that to us right now. In the name of Jesus, amen. I really felt this morning that uh, as we took communion, we should re-enter back into praise. So we're going to do that this morning. I just want you to reflect on what God has done for you, where he wants to take you, and let it transform you this morning. Let it take you to the next step. Let it take you to the next position that God wants you to be in. So let's just worship this morning. Amen.